0: So after all the rumors, Colton Wong is going to be a Seattle Mariner. Let's talk about the deal. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, December 2nd, 2022. This is Tidey Gonzalez and Colby Patton out for, the, for an emergency episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the Colton Wong trade. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. So according to Jeff Passon of ESPN, the Mariners have officially acquired second baseman Colton Wong from the Milwaukee Brewers for Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. There's also 1.75 million dollars in cash heading over to the Mariners in the Steel. So basically the money being swapped is a wash. It's flat. So it's a draw. So that's uh, an interesting aspect of the Steel. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we've Heard the rumors for the last few weeks that the Mariners really liked Colton Wong, that they were in on his market. There was a report last night from Kim Rosenthal that the Dodgers and Giants were also in on Wong, Uh, but it's the Mariners at the end of the day that come out with Wong. Wong had a $10 million player or club option rather that was picked up by the Brewers uh, a few weeks ago, Uh, but that did not deter the Mariners from their pursuit of Wong and they finally land him here and they basically knock out two items on their to-do list with one deal. And that's also trading Jesse Winker, who was reportedly becoming a bit of a problem in the clubhouse amidst a uh stressful and struggle of a year uh, for himself uh, in which he dealt with a couple of injuries had to have some surgeries after the end of the season had a rough rough season in the outfield and was not really hitting for any sort of power that trade just did not work out for the mariners at least from the winker aspect of it the eugenio suarez aspect however did work out pretty well for them on top of that they give up abraham toro here colby what's your thoughts on this deal what's your initial reaction
1: Uh, Seattle Mariners are a better baseball team today than they were 30 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I care about. The already complaining I'm seeing on Mariners social media is, is something see yesterday's episode for that rant. Um, but, uh, no, the Mariners are a better baseball team today than they were yesterday. I mean, it's really that simple. Um, Winker, like you said, he had become a bit of a distraction, a bit of a problem. Now, here's the deal with Jesse. He's probably going to go and he's probably going to rake for Milwaukee. Like we had already, we've already addressed this when we talked about Jesse Winker. There's a good chance that you're probably going to trade him and he's going to go somewhere else and hit because he's done it every other point in his career. But let's not forget, Jesse Winker is a terrible defender in left field not only were there uh issues with his you know obviously his knee and his neck last year there were some some injury concerns there there were also effort concerns uh we had heard that that you know they weren't thrilled with the amount of work he was putting into being in, to you know playing a good left field they weren't thrilled with that Jesse is a guy who Mariner fans love more than the the front office does um i wish jesse well he seems like a great guy i don't have any you know ill ill will towards jesse winker at all um, he just wasn't a clubhouse fit. And sometimes you take that shot and it doesn't work. Um, there's nothing in his past that would indicate that he wouldn't fit in this clubhouse. The Mariners just clearly did not want that to be a part of it. But let's also not let's also not pretend that Colton Wong isn't kind of a comparable player to Jesse Winker. Like the Mariners didn't take less for Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. They traded Colton Wong, who also has a year left of club control, just like Jesse Winker. Wong plays up the middle at a position of need that the Mariners desperately need more than a DH slash left fielder. Uh, he also crushes right-handed pitching in his career. Uh, he's a better base runner. And he's uh, the Mariners are assuming, they're making the bet that he's a better clubhouse fit too. The Mar- This is the second time we know the Mariners have been interested in Colton Wong. And they had a really good shot of getting him the first time if Kevin Mather hadn't stepped in and, and, and pulled the rug out from under Jerry DiPoto and company. So Jerry clearly likes... Uh, Colton Wong. The Mariners front office clearly likes Colton Wong. And when you kind of look at what this trade is, it's it's a rental for a rental, mm-hmm. essentially. Right? But the mm-hmm. Mariners get the rental that's a better defender, plays up the middle, fills a, fills a position of need. And what it costs them is Abraham Toro. And I, I promise you this, uh, the Mariners weren't thrilled about giving up Abraham Toro in this trade. The Mariners still really like Abraham Toro. But at the end of the day, are the Mariners like In such a bad spot that they can't replace Abraham Toro? No, they basically already did with Sam Haggerty. (laughs) Like, so to me, Wong is just a better fit. Just straight at like who's a better fit on this Mariners roster? Jesse Winker or Colton Wong? All things considered, it's Colton Wong, and I'm not sure that's close. So the Mariners are better. That's my initial reaction.
0: So there are a couple of concerns that I, you know, I have, a lot of people have when it comes to Wong. First, what the hell happened to the defense last year? He was first percentile announced above average after being Mm -hmm. basically a perennial gold glove candidate uh, for many years, especially during his days in St. Louis. But along with that, he's had two of his best offensive seasons, including this past season when he posted a 116 WRC+. Now, the thing is, uncharacteristically, he was awful against left-handed pitching. 138 average. Uh, and let's see what that was in WRC plus it was a 37 WRC plus but career wise career wise he's actually been pretty good against both sides of the plate 254 career average against lefties Uh, but You know, that's also an 80 WRC plus when you break it down further. But still, that's not like he's not completely utterly useless against lefties. The other thing, too, and well, I guess part of this goes into the whole defensive conversation. This comes from Jason A. Churchill, friend of the show at Prospect Insider on Twitter. He said, quote, when I asked, I was told Colton Wong just didn't move as easily and freely in the field in 2022 as in prior years. And he did have a few minor dings he dealt with for some of the year. So maybe some of it is injury. But this is going to be a big test. This is going to be a big project for Perry Hill to get Colton Wong right because now second-base defense is all the more important with the ban of the shift. You're going to have to cover a lot more ground as a second baseman. So that's really my big concern is how does he fit defensively? Because you do mention that he is a better defender and helps at a you know a better or more important position than Winker does. Uh, but I mean outs above average suggests that Colton Wong was one of the worst defenders in all of baseball this past season. So how much are they able to fix them, if at all? Uh, and how much should we be worried about that, Colby? I'm not. Here's the deal
1: with, with defensive metrics, right? When you look at them in an isolated one year sample size, they can tell you anything you want to say, right? So you look at Colton Wong in 2022 and you say, Hey, he was one of the worst second basemen in baseball. He's a bad defender now. Or you could look at it and say, well, it's a one-year sample, so like maybe it didn't mean anything, right? It works both ways. I'm not concerned at all because when I look at the overall track record of Colton Wong, I see a guy who is at least an average second baseman. At the very least, he's average. Adam Frazier last year was not average. Adam Frazier was mediocre at best. So I don't see this as a big deal. I'm really not concerned about the defense at all. Um, I trust Churchill when he says there are a lot of little nagging injuries that that can add up. We saw it with J.P. Crawford, right? J.P. Crawford didn't have as good of a year defensively. Why? Well, he had a peck issue. He had a knee issue. He had an ankle issue. These things pop up, and they're going to pop up, uh, you know, for a guy like Colton Wong too. He's 32 years old. But the guy has traditionally been a very good second baseman defensively. So why am I why am I going to uh, just only value 2022 and not 2021 and 2020 and 2019? Obviously you weigh them differently, right? Because 2022 just happened. So you put a little more weight on that, but I am not the guy who believes that a, a guy goes from good to terrible in one off season or one season without there being some obvious answer to it, like nagging injuries. So, to me, I'm not concerned. I think I think that Wong is going to be an upgrade over Adam Frazier defensively. I think he's probably going to be at least an average second baseman. I'm not really concerned about his defense, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. You know, it, it, It's certainly something that can be an issue, but it's also worth remembering, and we'll get to this a little bit later, the Mariners are also kind of protected in this sense because they have Dylan Moore and because they have... Uh, because they have Sam Haggerty, both of whom could play second base and both of whom are actually really good platoon partners, with Colt Long. So, so I'm not worried about the defense all that
0: much. Yeah, so let's talk about that more uh, in just a moment, but real quick a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts you're listening to an emergency episode of the locked on mariners podcast thank you so much for making us your first listen now folks we did record fan fiction friday and we saw this trade around the 37 38 minute mark so that episode will come out eventually i don't know if it's going to be today might be tomorrow but we will drop that episode still and it was a lot of fun to do that episode Uh, i thought that was a pretty good episode of fan fiction Friday. So. Let's get back into this Colton Wong deal, though. So you mentioned it. Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty, possible platoon options with Colton Wong, probably more, more so than Haggerty, because it seemed like they just wanted to avoid Haggerty playing in the infield whatsoever this past season. It seems like he's mostly just a corner outfielder now, and that's just his role, which is fine because he's pretty good at it. Um, But... This was also mentioned. I think it was Rosenthal. I think it was Rosenthal who who was the one that mentioned this. That the Mariners are, or maybe it was Bowden. Was it Bowden? Maybe it was Bowden uh, who said that the Mariners are interested in pairing someone with Dylan Moore at second base. So, do you think that's the plan here?
1: Yep, I think more or less. Um, <clears throat> now here's the deal. As you mentioned, Wong was was terrible against lefties this last year, mm-hmm. but in the past he's been, yeah.
0: You know, okay. High so, average, low WRC plus.
1: Right. It's I mean he's a slap hitter against lefties, and and power is is relatively new to Wong's game in, in general, anyways. Uh, but yeah, I do think the plan is if a lefty is on the mound, Dylan Moore is probably playing second base. I would say 90% of the time. Obviously, there's gonna be days where you need Dylan Moore to play left field, so you just suck it up. Colton Wong is gonna have to face a lefty. Like that's gonna happen, right? But I do think the plan overall is that against right handed pitching, Wong is going to hit somewhere one through five, would be my guess. And versus left handed pitching, Dylan Moore will be the guy who gets, you know, a bulk of those at bats. That that would be my assumption. Yeah.
0: So you're the local Dylan Moore hater. So how do you feel about Dylan Moore kind of being a starter in the Mariners offense? <laughs> well, so I'll roll the tapes back to 2020.
1: <laughs> Big Dylan Moore supporter here. But, uh, <laughs> It's uh, uh. Dylan, here's the deal. He's not a starter. He's gonna he's gonna start thirty percent of the games. That's about what the breakdown is. And that's if he starts every single game against the lefty. Um, and at thirty percent, you're fine, especially against left-handed pitching. If you pick the spots in which you use Dylan Moore, he is a useful major leaguer. He is. I mean, there's mm. there's no denying that he's got power. He's got bat speed. He steals bases. He's a good defender. He can play multiple positions. If you pick your spots, you're fine. You can absolutely make a, a platoon with Dylan Moore work as long as Dylan Moore is the the low side of the platoon, mm-hmm. right? If Dylan Moore was a lefty who crushed righties, well, he'd probably be an everyday player, but he's not. So uh I, I'm fine with it. I, I think it's I think it's totally fine. I think it's smart. Mm-hmm. Um when you look at, you know, where the shortstop market is and where it's likely headed. I think, you know, going out and getting a second baseman who you already have the perfect counterpart for. It makes a lot of sense it, it's good it's good roster building is what it
0: is alright so Wong's making 10 million dollars on his club option mm-hmm. Jesse Winker is making 8.5 I believe Toro's making the league minimum yep. there's 1.75 million dollars included here that's going to the Mariners and the Steel from the Brewers um, that basically just levels out all the money that's changing hands here so I'm going to ask you Colby are the Mariners trying to save money are they trying to conserve money? Is this for a reason? No.
1: <laughs> How can you say they're trying to save money when they are essentially did a salary swap? Like, what's the point? And by the way, if they are, who cares as long as they reinvest it? Like, why do you care? The Mariners did this trade and they saved a million bucks. Or is it making it a bad trade? No, it doesn't. The cash changing hands doesn't matter to me at all. Um, and honestly, it's a good thing if you're the Mariners, uh, if you're a Mariner fan, because now theoretically you have more money to spend. And by the way, the Mariners just filled the biggest hole left on their roster and didn't spend a dime. So if you're a guy who's like, oh, well, they're just going to go get Colton Wong and then use that as an excuse not to sign somebody else, what are you complaining about? They can't make that excuse now. Their payroll today is the same as it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And yet they don't have to go out and figure out what to do at second base. So now all of a sudden outfield and starting pitching, their two biggest needs, they have the same amount of money to spend on that as they did yesterday. What's the problem mm. with having $1.75 million added into this deal? There isn't one. There's no problem. It's a it's a made up, it's a made up issue. Mm-hmm. Let's it it is. The money doesn't matter.
0: Period. Okay. So, so Outfield. The Mariners now yep. have even a bigger need in left field and DH. If they, they? they want to have DH. Do
1: they? <laughs> In
0: terms of bodies, at least.
1: In terms of bodies. It's interesting. You know, at the end of last year, we are like, Jesse Winker doesn't even need to be on the playoff roster. And now, three months later, we're like, oh, my God, how will they survive without Jesse Winker? I think
0: they'll be okay. I, 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 I wasn't necessarily okay. doing that. <laughs> but Of course you were. <laughs> but they did lose a body, you know, an option there, right? Barely. <laughs> Barely. And for the DH role as well, which who knows Jared who knows what they want to do with okay. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> so, okay so 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 <laughs> where do they go from now? That's the big question, right they they didn't spend any money on this deal, so therefore they have every everything at their disposal still. Brandon Nemo is still out there. We know that they had yep. interest in him at the start of uh, at the start of free agency at least. But it did kind of seem like his market was growing to a point that maybe they didn't want to go to. But there's also the likes of Andrew Ben out there. There's some other names. There's also still trade options, too. We've talked about Max Kepler. Maybe Max Kepler is still an option for them. But, yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of people now are going to shift their focus to Nemo. Nemo's now priority number one sure. for a lot of Mariners fans, I, I, I would think. And some out there who think that Aaron Judge is a possibility. <laughs> he's not. He's not, guys. He's not, guys. But but yeah, so... Put down the bottle. So, so Nemo's probably the guy, but also, I think the interesting thing here is, what do the Mariners do at DH? So what do you think? The, like, Because now Carlos is in Pittsburgh. Winker's gone. He was the other possible DH option. We know that they prefer to just rotate guys through there, but they've been open sure. to having a, a guy play DH, or at least having a couple guys that mostly rotate through there. So... Is Mitch Haniger on the table? Is like like what 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 do we what what do you Um, think their their plan is from here on out to fill out the uh, rest of their roles? Side
1: side note, bit of a bummer here, but Chris Martin is signed with the Red Sox, so Mm. that's one relief option, not uh, not happening. But uh, in terms of left field DH, um, I think one thing they might try is I think they're going to be heavily involved in the Yoshida market. Um, Yoshida is not a very good left fielder, but we know the Mariners don't care about outfield defense. They had Mitch Hanager and Jesse Winker out there at the same time, way too much to pretend that they do. Um, so Yoshida is a guy I think is interesting. And then I think what they might do is I, I think they might try to answer their left field DH spot with two guys, Yoshida primary DH plays the outfield once or twice a week. And then they give Jared Kelnick a shot in left field, but they back that up with somebody like Will Myers, who crushes left-handed pitching, is a pretty good defender out there. Um, so I think if you go out and you get Will Myers and Yoshida, uh, I think you have a really good, uh, a really good lineup. Uh, and yes, you know it's not ideal to to sit and hope Jared Kelnick hits righties, but you know what? If he doesn't, Will Myers hits righties more than well enough to be your everyday left fielder. As you look for a solution, and as we know, finding a corner outfielder at the trade deadline.
0: Not that hard. Yeah, but let's do really let's do better hard. than that suggestion. <laughs> let's
1: let's do better than that. Why? If Jared Kelnick is hitting eighth, I, I w- against right-handed pitching for the first month is that is that devastating? Uh,
0: yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of. It's to, not. to me,
1: it is. It's not to me. It is. I would rather. Well, you're an idiot. I don't. know what Wow. To you,
0: but...
1: <laughs> no, I, get I, it. I but look again. It's about it's about finding right. It's about what you can do with your resources. Sure. So, is like. Who's out there that you just like take Nemo off the board, right? Who's an everyday left fielder that carries more upside than Jared Kelnick? Probably isn't one. I'm, now there's floor, floor, right? I mean, like, you like can, certainty. You go and get. I mean,
0: there's there's like all-star upside in like someone like Andrew Benatendi, right? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, like Benatendi, like fine, but I'd I'd rather just spend the money on on Nemo at that point, like yeah to me Ben Attendee is just like he's just a dude more or less like he's yeah. a pretty good player like he's, he's a like guy a but
0: we've but we, we've talked <laughs> about like how much like he's a Jerry guy right like he makes a lot of sense yeah. for the mold that Jerry wants and also I think there's a bit more power in there than he's displayed so far and he's a good yet, defender like
1: and yet we never even heard Ben Attendee has he like been linked to the to Mariners him? at has all has he been linked to anyone
0: Now that I think about it, I can't can't even remember, like, a single rumor with him this offseason, which is weird because he had a lot of interest at the deadline. Right. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he's just not a Blue Jay right now.
1: Do you want to give Ben Attendee, like, 4 and 60 and essentially lock out Jared Kelnick forever? Or do you want to go Kelnick and then just Will Myers for 1 and and 8 and just kind of be like, yeah, well, you know, if Kelnick doesn't hit this year, we're out. But the thing, too, is like
0: Teoscar is only on a one-year deal. We don't know if they're going to extend him. So there's going to be more opportunities down the road, at least right now, for Kelnick to get involved.
1: Right. But how do you know if Kelnick is going to be that guy if you don't give him at-bats? You can't give him at-bats a AAA. That's not going to matter. Yeah. Like, AAA at-bats mean nothing. So unless the Mariners are ready to give up on Jared Kelnick, I think it makes sense to kind of protect yourself and have him go ahead and be your opening day left fielder or at least compete for it. But you have to have – here's the deal. You can't just go out and sign somebody who just hits right. Like you can't go get a a Dylan Moore, right? Right. Like a a very similar player to Dylan Moore and be like, well, if Kelnick doesn't hit, I guess Dylan Moore is our left fielder. No. You have to go get somebody like A.J. Pollock. You have to go get somebody like Will Myers, even somebody like Trey Mancini. You have to have a major league hitter Mm -hmm. as part of your platoon with Jared Kelnick or the, or the DH rotation, right? Yeah. So I think Yoshida and and like Will Myers makes a lot of sense. That's probably the way I would go. Um I don't know what Yoshida's market is. Nobody seems to be able to nail that down in terms of what he's going to cost. So there is a possibility that, you know, Seattle well we can't get Yoshida, so let's just you know, let's go trade for Max Kepler, who's a guy Ty and I still really like and I still think really fits on this roster. So uh, mm-hmm. there are going to be options do they maybe go you know, just just go get defense and go get Kevin Kiermaier. Um, There's uh, some other interesting guys out there. It's um, the guy got traded to the Mets that we've talked about the last few off seasons. Naquin, mm. um, you can maybe try that. Tommy Fams out there, like there's some guys out there uh, that you can sign. And I, I think the door is closed on Mitch Haniger. I don't think he's an option, uh, particularly if the the rumors about him getting three years are true. Like.
0: Three I'm years, $15 million, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a bit yeah, much. No chance. So, um, yeah. All right, so this, barring a trade of like J.P. Crawford out of nowhere, closes mm-hmm. the door on the shortstop market officially. Yep. Unless, like... I, it was probably never open. <laughs> Let's just be fair about that. Yeah. Um. So... Just what are your thoughts on that? Not landing one of the shortstops, not giving a deal like that, whatever it's going to end up costing? Because we don't, we still don't know. None of these guys have signed. So we don't know what it's actually going to cost to land them. And we don't know who's actually going to be able to land them. Because is it another situation like with the Rangers where it's just going to be a bottom of the barrel team that is willing to spend an exorbitant more amount of money than any other, you know, any contender that might be in on their market? Like what? Like we don't know what that market is looking like but kind of having a a general idea being in the ballpark at least in terms of what that would cost what that would take to land one of those guys how do you feel about not doing that and going with Wong instead who's just he's a stopgap right now he's that's all he is at the moment they're going to have to address the situation again next winter whether it's keeping Wong or going elsewhere with Mm -hmm. it so what do you think about going this route instead of uh, somewhere else I'm totally fine with it
1: Like, would I like Carlos Correa to be a Seattle Mariner? Sure. That'd be fun. Mm Trey Turner, yeah. Cool. Cool. That'd be awesome. But here's the deal, right? We don't operate in a vacuum. The Mariners don't operate in a vacuum. They have a 26-man roster they need to think about, and they can't just think about one 26-man roster at a time. We talked about this yesterday. They have to be looking ahead, and that's what they're doing. So if the Mariners come and they say, hey, look, this is the number we think we can do long-term, on a seven, eight, nine year deal for one of the shortstops and the shortstop says, no, the Mariners can't be so desperate that they completely abandon their plan. The plan is working. It has worked. It will continue to work. Discipline is the shortcut. So when you look at it, you know, this would be the equivalent or pretty close to the Mariners going out and giving Robinson Cano $70 million more to get him to come here. It, do- it doesn't work. That type hmm. of thing doesn't work. There is a limit. You cannot just go out and write blank check after blank check to these guys and just say, all right, now we'll put together a team around them. That's not how it works. Everybody has to fit. Do you want to be the Angels? Do you want to be the Rangers? I don't. I'd much rather be where I am. So as much as I want a player like Trey Turner it would be amazing. It would be so fun to have Trey Turner be a Mariner. Why am I going to write a $300 million check for to a guy who I think is only worth $220 million? Mm-hmm. to create some buzz around the ballpark. There's already buzz with the Seattle Mariners. I don't need to create that. You know who needed to create buzz? The 2014 Seattle Mariners. That's why they went out and they got Robinson Cano because that 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 franchise was dead. Nobody cared about it. People care about this franchise now. I don't need to be desperate. I don't need to spend money to create buzz. I put out a good product last year. I'm going to put out a good product this year. I don't need that player unless it's at my price. I think that's a good sign, and I think the Mariners deserve some credit for being disciplined enough not to chase the shiny toy and look at it and say, "We need to fix our roster, right?" And we don't need to go out and sign this player at all cost and ignore the rest of our roster. We're not going to go give Xander Bogarts twenty-eight million dollars and then just be like, "Oh well, eh. you know, here's, you know, Miguel Rojas at second base, and we're we're good." Like no, the Mariners are going at at this at the right at you know I think at the right strategy where they're building they're they're building this team so that the lineup one through nine is as good as it can be and the roster one through twenty six is as good as it can be. So yes, I want the Mariners to go out and get Trey Turner. That would have been amazing. I don't want the Mariners to spend three hundred twenty million dollars on Trey Turner if they're only comfortable giving him two hundred thirty. I trust them in that sense, and you should too. It's really not brain surgery. It's not hard to see what the Mariners are trying to do. It's really not. And I think it's I think it's the way that you kind of have to work if you're the Seattle Mariners because again, you're not going to be the the Mets. You're not going to go push the luxury tax luxury tax every single year. And you want to sit here and say they should, they should. That's fine, but that's not the conversation we're having because we know they're not. It is a waste of everybody's time. So yes, again. I would love it if the Seattle Mariners it would be so much fun if the Mariners went out and sign Xander Bogarts, right? Mm. It'd also be incredible incredible content for us. So selfishly, yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. Mm-hmm. But you don't do that for whatever cost. There, There is a, a jumping-off point where you say, we're out, and the Mariners found it. Like, do you think the Mariners really – the Mariners just did this without knowing for sure what it would cost them to even be in the conversation for any of those shortstops? course they didn't they knew exactly what the number was going to be and they just weren't comfortable doing it so they pivot they pivoted quickly it, it's crazy we're less than a month into the offseason the Mariners have already fixed their two biggest holes or they've addressed mm-hmm. them at least mm-hmm. what are you complaining about
0: <laughs> so a couple things that i want to mention here before we hop off um you know an underrated aspect of adding wong is his value on the base pass Mm -hmm. Uh, he was uh 17 of 23 in stolen base attempts and uh graded out as a plus 3.4 on fangraph's uh base running metric um which is really good and you know the mariners this past season were a fundamentally sound team they ran the bases well for the most part uh they just they don't have the upside to, you know, get that extra base. They didn't have that speed to, you know, go grind out that extra base or get that key steal that they would need in certain situations, stuff like that. So Wong adds a little bit of that. Uh, so that's nice to have. The other thing, too, uh, I was looking at his uh, hard hit rates, uh, and he had a career high in a hard, hard hit rate this past season. Uh, 35.2% of the time he registered a, uh, a hard hit, which is 95 miles per hour or harder Uh, he also had a 5.4 percent barrel rate which is the second highest of his career and he was hitting for more power so that 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 showed through in his power numbers as well Uh, he had 14 home runs last season 2021 which was his career high before he beat that with 15 home runs this past season so he can also hit for a bit of power he can hit for certainly more power than adam frazier can so you've added that you've added a bit more stolen base potential than frazier the defense is, is still the thing that's up in the air because I just, I personally still don't know exactly what went wrong there. But the good news is the Mariners have Perry Hill, who is a defensive wizard. So, again, this is going to be a big project for him and fixing Colton Wong because if they can and he is providing the offense. That he is on top of some pretty good defense. Now, I don't think he's going to get back to gold glove caliber, but if he can just be an average defensive second baseman with the offense that he's providing, at least against right-handed pitching, which is predominantly the most <laughs> pitching that you're going to see over the course of a season, uh, the most common pitching that you're going to see over the course of a season, then this is a great addition. But there are some question marks with this, so I'm going to be interested to see how this plays out. It's a little bit of a gamble for the Mariners in the sense that they are going to have to address the spot again in a year's time. But we'll worry about that when we get to it, and we'll see what they're able to uh, to Hi, do here so with Wong. So You're so native. negative. I'm so negative. I'm so negative. He's out here raining on people's parade. <laughs> yeah, because I know a lot of people right now are very excited about acquiring Colton Wong. They should be. The Mariners it is a good got move. better today. It is a good move. Is that good is move. the end of it's the not, story. It, it's not the move that everyone wanted, but it is still. I don't a good care move. what everyone
1: wants. I want the team to get better. The team got better. That's yeah. the end of the story. But That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> no more no no qualifiers from you. Are the Mariners a better team today than they were an hour ago? Yes. There you go. That's the end of the discussion. Good trade.
0: That's gonna do it for our show. Goodbye. That's gonna do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On oh, I Mariners. Need a bunch of babies. Oh my god!
1: That's not cool. Exactly what I wanted to happen. I'm so mad. They got better. <laughs> Anyways
0: back to Utah all right Uh, so that was a thing that just happened for Colby Pat I'm Tyne Gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on Twitter (laughs) at LO underscore Mariners you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez that's C A N E G N Z L Z and Colby at CPAT11 that's CPAT11 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen after the Colton Wong trade for your next listen check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day it's available on the Odyssey app YouTube and wherever Wherever you get your podcast just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you next week peace